traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. The Economist. From The Economist in London, this is Money Talks, a weekly programme about news in the worlds of business, finance and economics. I'm Andrew Palmer, the Business Affairs Editor. On today's show, we'll look again at the controversies surrounding tax avoidance, which boiled over at the weekend following a deal between Google and the UK government, which saw the tech giant agree to pay £130 million in back taxes. Here with me to discuss is Matthew Valencia, our investigative editor, and Sumeya Keynes, our economics correspondent. Matthew, we've covered this topic before on Money Talks, um, but the Google deal seems to be a signal uh, that a world of new corporate tax uh, guidelines is coming into force. Uh, Is that the case? Uh, that's right. So we have had obviously a lot of controversy over uh, corporate taxes and creative artificial schemes used by companies to massage down their tax bills. In November of last year, we saw uh, proposals from the OECD, which is the uh, the main multilateral um, effort to to deal with this. And you know, since then, we've seen more progress. Some would say setbacks in some respects. But the latest um, thing to happen is, as you said, this Google back tax deal. In, in Britain, where after a, a, an investigation lasting about six years, the HMRC, the tax authority in the UK, has handed a bill to Google for uh, £130 million for taxes that it says should have been paid over the past 10 years. And this is just one example of um, governments around the world sort of moving to get tougher on this. We've seen other European countries handing handing companies, including Google, uh, tax bills, uh, France, Italy and others. We've, um, we've even seen dawn raids in some countries. So uh, Britain actually, by comparison with, with some of these other countries, is um, playing it fairly softly. And indeed, there is a backlash, Sumaya, around the amount of money that uh, Google has agreed to pay. And part of that is because, you know, there's, there's a sort of game theoretical element to this. Countries want to extract tax from companies, but they don't want to scare them off. So we're in this sort of strange situation where countries are competing with each other. Yeah, I think, I think estimates from HMRC say that when you, if you cut the corporation tax rate, you lose out, obviously, because you're not, you're not charging as much corporation tax on existing profits. But you also gain because you pull companies to report their profits in your country. And so actually, that's the, the overall loss is reduced by as much as a third um, from cutting your corporation tax rate by 1%. And that's a, that presents a huge problem um, if you're trying to design a global corporation tax system because it, there's this race to the bottom where each country is trying to undercut uh, its closest neighbours. And so kind of globally, it's very difficult to maintain a high corporation tax rate. And you see this with the case in Britain, where in some ways, as some see it, there's a sort of split personality. On the one hand, uh, the government wants to get tougher on on companies or is under pressure to do so. On the other hand, uh, you know, it wants to be open for business to to remain tax competitive. So there's a tension there. It's being pulled in, in different directions. 
And of course, you should see all of this in the kind of the broader context of over time, corporation tax revenues uh, seem to have been falling. So since the crisis, corporation tax revenues as a share of GDP have fallen and, and they haven't recovered. And so increasingly, taxes on individuals like income tax and, and VAT have been rising. And of course, uh, some of that you would expect um, over the financial crisis, there were huge losses and you can offset your corporation tax against those losses. So you, you have to pay less tax. And so you would expect some of this to unwind over the next few years. But actually, there are, there are worries that because uh, companies are just a bit more flighty, um, companies can more easily move around. There's more of this competition. And so it's just become harder to, to keep these companies in one place. Now, Matthew, this is exactly what the OECD proposals is supposed to stop, though, right? I mean, this, this sort of world of unilateralism and competition is supposed to be sort of mitigated by a set of proposals that everyone signs, signs up to. So what's going wrong? Yeah, so, so I suppose uh, an optimist looking at this might say, well, governments like Britain's um, acting in this way are pushing the world towards generally taking a tougher stance on this and perhaps sort of helping to sort of forge a multilateral consensus. But the truth is, I think it's, it's probably more counterproductive than it is helpful because you know, you want governments to coordinate things and to agree things. And if you have different countries sort of stepping in and saying, we want a slice of your profits, we want to tax a slice of your profits, and they're all doing it in an uncoordinated way, then the risk is that you just end up with tax chaos and more disputes going forward. And indeed, you know, the pendulum perhaps even swinging back from where we are today, which is that companies are probably getting away with too much, a lot of people call double non-taxation, back towards double taxation, which was what the hundreds of tax treaties that we see between countries around the world and all of the the laws that sort of sprung up from around the 1920s were supposed to uh, to avoid. And we may end up sort of going back to, to that situation where there are all sorts of sort of messy overlapping claims of taxing rights on, on companies. So, Sumaya, let's, let's go to sort of economic flights of fancy. What's the best, the optimal system in that case? Is, is it corporate tax or should we move to something else? So when thinking about this, the, the thing to remember is that, that corporates aren't particularly interesting. What we're interested in is the people. Um, so we're interested in the shareholders or the workers working for these companies or the, the people that are paying for the products. So when you tax a corporation, either that will be passed on in the form of lower dividends or in the form of lower wages or in the form of higher prices. So someone is, is paying for that. Um, so the question with corporation tax is, what, well, do we want to tax these corporates or do we want to tax those individuals more directly? In developing countries, the argument in favour of a corporation tax is that actually it's administratively very convenient. So corporation tax is a much larger fraction of revenues in those countries than it is in, in the developed world. But within the OECD, there, there is a fundamental question of given you know the huge technological capacity um, we have, maybe you do want to tax those individuals more directly. Is this a discussion that's actually going on in policy circles or is it confined to the ivory tower? I suspect it's probably confined to the ivory tower um, and that probably some of that is to do with how unpalatable it is to cut corporation tax. The public don't, public understanding of who bears the incidence, who actually bears the cost of that tax is quite limited and so if you were to cut the corporation tax and replace it with someone else, even though that might be kind of theoretically very elegant, it might not be politically acceptable. I think there's much in, in the tax world that one might want to do if one could sort of start again and sort of rip up the current system, which has all sorts of flaws. 
But we are where we are, and it can be very, very difficult to sort of get back there. So an example is the, the framework that the OECD has decided to sort of go with to keep, essentially, which is this idea that, that multinationals are, you know, not really a single entity, but um, a, a cluster of separate companies that can deal with each other at arm's length. And this has caused all sorts of problems in terms of profits being shifted to tax havens, because it just makes it a lot easier for, um, for companies to do that. To look at them more as a, a single unified en- entities would be better in principle, but it's very hard to get from here to there because national interests weigh in and, and there are many countries, including the United States, that, that don't want to move to that. But on balance, and I'll say this to both of you, do you think we're heading to a better uh, world in terms of corporate tax? Maybe not the optimal, but a better one. Matthew, first. Uh, yes, I think we are. I mean, I think some important steps have been made uh, in the past year or two in, in a number of areas, some of them very technical, some of them very arcane, but those can involve huge sums of money. If, you, if you're asking me, you know, are we moving to, to the right system? The answer is no. We're basically sticking with the current very flawed system and um, applying sticking plasters to it. Samir? I think within individual corporation tax schemes, what we've been seeing over time is this trend towards lower rates and a broader base. And I think that in itself is is a fairly good thing because you're essentially removing the distortions when you have lots of different exemptions. You're encouraging companies to do funny things just to get those exemptions. And and so that is, is a move in the right direction. So, Sumer, Matthew, thank you both very much. That is all for this week. Don't forget, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can tweet us at econbizfin and at Econ Economics. You can also find Matthew's article on corporate tax in the upcoming print issue of The Economist and on our website at economist.com. In London, this is The Economist. The Economist. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.